the VGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 693, recorded on August 17th, 2023. Ninety third edition of the TD Gaming Podcast and five hundred and twenty sixth episode of Video Game Roundtable. I am TJ Denzel. I am Scott Dirk, and I am Jonah Falcon. The VGRT Gaming the VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry. Right. So it's finally been an eventful week. A lot of things are happening. Um, but first, we'll talk about what we've been playing. I'll start first. I've been playing Shadows of Doubt. Which is an early access game that's been out for a couple of months. Um, I learned about it. I decided to try it because it sounded like something I'd really enjoy. And so far, I'm really enjoying it, despite the fact it's really an early access. It sometimes crashes, but it's it's very intriguing. Have you heard of Shadows of Doubt? I have not. Really? So Shadows of Doubt um, is a voxel game, and in it you play a detective who may or may not be homeless, depending on if you have an apartment or not. And it builds an entire portion of the city, including all the apartment buildings, all the businesses, all the people, and everything is related to everything else. It is incredibly lived-in world, and um, you solve cases, and then occasionally someone gets murdered, and you have to solve their murder. And you do it by doing detective work, examining the body, looking through their stuff, looking in their wallet, looking, you know, going into the phone book, checking everything out. And I hear... Let me give you an example of how deep the game is. You can have a 19-story apartment building, and every single apartment is furnished, has people living in it, and everything can be entered, uh, provided that you don't sneak your way in and get arrested. But it is incredibly deep, and I strongly suggest you check it out, because it's very ambitious, but I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. So, and um, a game's coming out tomorrow. <laughs> um, a game's coming out this month. No, but a game is coming out tomorrow. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre is coming out tomorrow. And so is Madden, but we'll talk about Madden later. Texas um, Chainsaw Massacre is getting good reviews, too. Well, it should. It's, it's basically Friday the 13th, except they added two new bad guys to hunt the uh, people. Because like we said last week... The Texas Chainsaw Massacre involves a family, not a single killer. And I believe all the family members have something to do well. They're unique. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and like, this is one of the first times we've had, a like, a, an asymmetrical game where you had an actual team on the other side. That's true. Like, I, 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 I guess you could sort of consider among us that when you have enough like that when you have enough players that there can be more than one imposter but mm. like it's still an interesting mechanic where you actually have villains that can work together as well as as good guys that can work together this time so that's coming out tomorrow i believe maybe i know there's something coming out tomorrow that's our game release date um yeah it's tomorrow 
It's coming out on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series SX, and PC, and it's also on game day, day one. So yeah, it it looks good. I don't know if I'll play it, but hopefully it, it you know, it, it really is uh, living up to reviews. Uh, so what have you been playing, TJ? Um, I've been chugging along on Remnant 2 and uh, still having a good time with it. I... I like the theming of, like, worlds in that game because, like, the idea of Remnant is that, like, there's this sort of interdimensional rot that's spreading through worlds and taking them over and and pulling them into its hive mind self. And so when you – and so as you go through the game, you go through different worlds and dimensions that are, like, vastly different from one another – like you, like for Remnant Two, I started out fighting uh, like in a fair in a uh, elf kingdom and <laughs> helping these uh, these like you almost said Elden Ring Elden there, didn't you? You almost said Elden Ring. See, I almost did. Um, and uh, helping these elf royalty sort of like figure out their qualms and their and like there's somebody that's like murdered a king and somebody and they want you to help them figure it out. But now I'm on like. A space world with all these sort of Prometheus looking like engineered dudes that are like infected with a horrible disease that, that made them crazy. It's it's like it's almost whiplash how much everything changes as you move between worlds and the theming between them. Mm. I, w- I went from fantasy fiction elf kingdom to straight up uh, Prometheus or <laughs> alien. And it's it's interesting. I've always liked that about Remnant, but like some of the worlds are less fun than others. I I gotta say that like I really enjoyed the kingdom far more than I like space, uh, barren space wasteland. How about you, Scott? What have you been playing? Well, since uh, Sea of Stars is coming out in less than two weeks, I decided oh, to less than two weeks. The, it's like an eight yes, days, like uh, twelve days or something. Eleven, oh, eleven, less, twelve days less. will be August twenty ninth. Um, so, uh, I decided to finish off the messenger, um, and I, cause I was stuck on it before I got to a tough boss and now I've managed to pass it. And I just wanted to see like the lore uh, of the world, you know, to understand the next game better for myself and, uh, you know, just enjoying the music. I really enjoy the messenger a lot cause it's a platforming ninja gating game, but has this really nice save feature where you, you you could save right before a boss. It, like, automatically saves right before a boss. So you can always go back uh, at any time you want to. Um, it's, it may, it's very accessible, you know, even with difficult bosses and difficult terrain to traverse. Uh, so it's, you know, really fun game. And really looking forward to playing Sea of Stars soon. You know what I like about Sea of Stars, and it makes me happy, is that it's going to be an Xbox Game Pass and PlayStation Plus Extra on the same, on, on day one. Yep. Uh, I wonder how many people buy the game when they try it on on these services. So I don't uh, know. A few. I mean, uh, Vampire Survivors was on Game Pass, but I purchased it. Okay. And the thing is that these games don't stay on Game Pass forever, unless you're Microsoft in this first party. Um, yeah. By the way, I just realized Microsoft is going to make bank from people who, who want to play on Game Pass, but they're going to spend the $32 just to be able to play five days early. 
Because that's the offer. Hey, you can have it free on Game Pass, but if you want to play it early, just fork over 30 bucks. But, um, yeah. Sea of Stars is coming out August 29th, and um, it looks very interesting. I'm still more interested in Aiden 100 Heroes, though. So. Oh, yeah. I'm interested in both of these games pretty much equally because they were, like, the, the games that they're inspired by were, like, childhood games of mine that mm. I really loved. Well, and Shudokin 1 and 2 are being remastered as we speak. Yes, and they, they're allegedly still coming out this year. Yeah. Um, don't have an exact release date, but it seems like they're still coming this year, so that'll be uh, something to look forward to. By the way, Firewatch hit Game Pass today, and I, I recommend seeing it. It's a walking simulator, but the story is really good, and the ending is pretty bittersweet. Have either of you played Firewatch? No, I have not. I've watched a playthrough of it. Okay. It's really good. I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. So, anyways, uh, we're going to move on to quick news, and is it a surprise to anybody that Madden NFL 24 is a buggy mess? No. Coming, it's coming on on the 20th, and... It is so unbelievably awful. That's a shame. Here's a... I saw a video. Get this. It's a tie game in overtime. The computer has one timeout left. And it's like on the 30-yard line, on the opponent's 30-yard line. So what does it do? Well, it rushes up the middle. Okay. That's not very smart. If you're going to do it, rush outside at least. If you want to get closer to the field goal. Okay, so it rushes... Um, before it does the rush, though, it used its final timeout. So now it's nine seconds left on the clock. And you know what the computer does on the 25-yard uh, line? It doesn't spike the ball. It lets the clock run out for a tie game instead of attempting a field goal. How bad do you have to be making a game to allow that to happen? That is mind-numbingly stupid. What head coach would ever do that? And we're not even yeah. talking about the the, uh, the AI, which is non-existent in the game with blocking and passing and all that stuff. And that's not even including the ridiculous glitches that are in the game. What were they doing for a year? Except maybe, I don't know, just um, making new cars for the Madden Ultimate Team? I don't know. It is just how... Even even Pat McAfee blasted the game, and how often do you hear something like that? You know, I don't know. It's it's just a waste of a of a license. Yeah, I mean, you could say that for many years in the Madden franchise at this point. I can't stand it. I can't stand the fact that like every year they get a chance to do something new, and all they do is make new additions to ultimate teams and say fuck it to the rest of it because that's not where they make the money yeah but that, that, that explains nothing here's the thing um nba 2k is incredibly predatory incredibly predatory the vc is arguably worse than madden ultimate team but at least the basic gameplay is there <laughs> at least it knows how to play basketball you know, I mean, your character may be a sludge because you didn't buy enough VC to rank him, but at least it's a playable basketball game and it makes sense. And when you play it, it makes sense. 
Madden NFL does not make sense. No, it doesn't. I uh, the last time I played it was in Mad- I guess it would have been, it would have been Madden. Last year was twenty one, right, or was it twenty two? Okay, I haven't paid for I. Here's the thing, I haven't paid for an NBA two K game since fifteen. You know, because either I rent it or it's on Game Pass or whatever. I haven't played a single Madden game since '09, and it's available to play on EA on EA's uh, you know under Game Pass Ultimate. You know, EA Play is available, so I can play Madden if I want to. And the thing is, I don't want to, not even for the achievements. Yeah, I mean, why would you? It's a it's a terrible experience. I. I think I played Madden 22 the last time I played a Madden or whatever the one where where John Madden had passed away. And oh, that's the 25th. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Which first off, they used Madden's image for uh, promotional things with uh, with Ultimate Teams, which was just kind of sickening to me in the first place. <laughs> um, and second off, like I would. <laughs> I've been playing the, the Kansas City Chiefs, whereas my buddy is playing the Baltimore Ravens. And I know that the Baltimore Ravens defense is good, but so is Patrick Mahomes. And, like, his dude would be five feet away from my dude and suddenly, like, just magnetize to him. Yeah, because the uh, you can fool the offensive line into guarding someone else. into And they'll ignore whatever defender's rushing past them. There's absolutely no AI in that game at all. It's silly. It's ridiculous what they do with that game. I uh, I absolutely hate it, and I uh, I'm of the mind at this point that Ultimate Teams is the worst thing to ever happen to EA because that's all they care about now. Well, I'm going to talk right now about uh, one of the news items. Okay, EA won't contest a five a uh, thousand pound FIFA Ultimate Ultimate Team fine in Austria, and this comes from Eurogamer. EA says it will not contest a around 10, 10.8 euro thousand dollar fine laid down by an Austrian court that decided FIFA's ultimate t- game packs constituted a breach in the com- ca- country's gambling laws. Naturally, EA says it disagrees with the verdict. This decision is likely to have no wider impact, game in- in- games industry biz reports, as Austrian courts rule that on individual cases without a need for their impact to be felt in subsequent cases. The issue of FIFA Ultimate Team Packs providing a blind chance at footballers has long been a thorny subject with various countries around the world investigating their impact on player spending. In Austria, EA has previously won similar cases, although this specific case is on appeal. Lost this on appeal. If this case sounds familiar, it's the same one we've reported back in May brought by a group of PlayStation playing FIFA owners. Sony was also dragged into the lawsuit and ultimately did not contest a ruling in which it was stated... To, it was obliged to refund the plaintiff's money spent on FIFA packs brought on the server platform. I, 11,000 euro, which is roughly 10,000 bucks. Do you know that I've seen EA ha, does its quarterly reports? Man, Ultimate Football brings in like two to four billion dollars and they're being charged 11, 10,000 dollars. That's like charging them a dollar. <laughs> no, it's it's worse. It's like charging them five cents on twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> it's, it's nothing. It's nothing. I mean, it could it could be a precedent, maybe, but it's ridiculous. It's like it, it's not even a slap on the wrist. It's a tickle on the wrist. Wow. Yeah. It's 
I don't know. I, I think that's like when when you won't even contest fines because you know you're in the wrong, it's like, yeah, they disagree with the the verdict on paper, but like <laughs> they don't care. But here's the thing that I hate more is that players apparently don't care because they wouldn't be doing this if they didn't make money and make bank on this. And I either the players are too young to know better or they're just streamers who want to make money, you know, playing it online. But I can't imagine anybody even shelling out one cent for this game. I'm not playing it and it's free. Or at least previous editions are free. I'm not playing it because I don't want to. Yeah, there's no reason to. Like they've shown year after year that they have no interest whatsoever in <laughs> in actually improving the game. And here's a little secret: I used to play Madden over NFL 2K because Madden had tons and tons and tons of more features. While you know NFL 2K had some of the better gameplay, but I liked the feel of of Madden better, and it had tons of gameplay. It had Tony Bruno show. It had expansion. It had, um, you know, customizable fans. There's no fans in Madden NFL 24. Did you know that? They don't show the stands because they want to show the referees. So last year it was stands but no referees. Now it's referees but no stands. They can't do both? It's unbelievable. Yeah. Anyways. Moving on to the next item in quick news, uh, the Xbox 360 store will close July 29, 2024, but you can still keep playing your favorite games. Um, on July 29, 2024, the Xbox will stop supporting the ability to purchase new games, DLC, and other entertainment content from the Xbox 360 store on console and the Xbox 360 marketplace. I must stress, it is for the Xbox 360 store. Anything that's like backwards compatible that's on the Xbox One, Xbox uh, Series X and S, you can still buy it. It's just they're closing the um, they're closing the Xbox 360 store. Meaning, if you have an Xbox 360, uh, you better purchase the stuff you want. I mean, you're not going to lose it because uh, when the store closes, you can still download your stuff that was that you already purchased, but you won't be able to buy new stuff. It's sad, but then again, it's 18 years. It's been 18 years. If, yeah. If you haven't bought the games you want from the Xbox 360, then there's nothing there for you. <laughs> There's a there's a few games that uh that were that have not like made it up to Xbox One or Xbox Series X that will end up uh, kind of becoming unavailable uh, digitally at least. Yeah. Um, some of those games uh, include uh, Bionic Commando Rearmed, which I I mm. love, and that would be a really shame, a really bad shame to lose that one. Um, I already own it. Been- but I've also been saying for years that they should make a new Bionic Commando anyways. They did, and it sucked. <laughs> no, not that one. Like an actual <laughs> new good one. <laughs> they did make one. It sucked. It was by Grin. <laughs> but there are a few other things on here, too, that are like, oh, man, that would suck to lose that. So I guess the idea is just get in there and get what you need from it if yep. you really need to before it goes. Yeah, get out your old once Xbox. You, once get you out. have it, you can re-download it whenever you feel yeah. like it, like you said. Like I said, get out your old Xbox 360 or just go to the website, buy those games that you, uh, you were, they're probably about five bucks now. You know, a lot of these games are probably dirt cheap, except if it's Red Dead Redemption, then it's $30 on the Xbox 360 marketplace. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. It's um, $30 on the backwards compatible marketplace. I think it's still $10 if you buy the original 360 version. That only runs on the 360. 
I know if you want to buy a Red Dead Redemption disc for the 360, it's something like 120 dollars. Yeah. But yeah, it's sad, but it's inevitable. But I'm sorry, did you say that a Red Dead Redemption disc is worth 120 dollars? Yeah, they're selling those things on eBay for my uh, for gigantic amounts. I have to go through my video game. Uh-uh. <laughs> He's gonna start selling. <laughs> Yeah, because I never play that thing. I, it's, it's just in a box. <laughs> I own it. I'm not going to sell it. <laughs> um, Ubisoft is doing another Skull and Bones closed beta later this month. Sign-ups for the latest closed betas are now open, so you can try and see how disappointing it'll be this time around again. I don't know why Ubisoft is, is so obsessed with making this game work, because World of Warships already exists. Uh, it's. <laughs> I have a, I have a friend that is convinced that uh, until Ubisoft actually releases this game, it's a uh, it's a lie. It's a it's a it's a uh, it's a fake game perpetrated by Ubisoft to uh, get funding in in countries like Singapore. It's 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 a real game. It's just not a real interesting game. <laughs> so you say. It's true. It's just, <laughs> I mean, Sea of Thieves really rose, uh, you know, raised the bar there. Because you try and make do something called Skull and Bones, you better have something that can compete with Sea, uh, sea of Thieves. In Sea of Thieves, you actually have to sail the ship yourself. You know, one person can sail the ship. It's just you have to run back and ba- back and forth as you raise the sails, go to the go to the steering, raise the sails, lower the sails. You know, it's a pain in the butt, but at least you can still do it. Until someone just decides to wipe out your ship because it's all PvP anyway. This game has gone through so many delays at this point that it is. I think it and uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2 are are competing, if not already having surpassed uh, Duke Nukem Forever for longest game in development. Yeah, just Ubisoft, just buy Icarus Rising and turn that into a into a larger game. I mean, it's blimps. It's not it's not pirate ships, but at least it has the same kind of. Uh, feel to it you know people having blimp fights (laughs) yeah um and oh by the way i think that game's like 10 10 plus years old now guns of icarus yeah that game is fantastic i remember covering that game uh back at like pax south when pax south was still around yeah it was released in 2012 it's 11 years old now Mm mm-hmm was an excellent game too, or I guess it's still it's still playing. Yeah, people are still playing it. Yeah, hey Ubisoft, there's a game that lasted 11 years. Why don't you just buy it and make a Guns of Icarus 2, and everybody will be happy. Yeah, I don't know if I would want Ubisoft being the stewards of Guns of Icarus. I would well, be happy for them to get the bag, but uh, I hope that's about it. Here's the thing, um, I still love uh, Watch Dogs uh, Legion, so I know they can still do a good game. Uh, Starfield has gone gold, and preloads have happened. What? I was going to say, by all accounts, Assassin's Creed Mirage actually looks like it might be pretty good. I, oh, I like I'm, I'm actually super interested in yeah, that's, what... That's what they said about the Viking game. <laughs> uh, but that's like an overbloated, open-world, silly shenanigans collectathon. I want Assassins, damn it. I want, you know, if I time something, I just kill them with one hit. Right. I should and be able to stab them. And that's what Assassin's Creed Mirage looks like, where they're actually like going to get back to what made those games good in the first place. We'll see. I hope we'll so. See. 
Starfield has gone gold and preloads have happened, um, including me. Uh, I woke up and I saw, oh, look, it's updating. It's 100 gigabytes. Um, and people say, well, it's 100. No, no. What happens, it's, it's going to be like uh, Baldur's Gate 3. You get something like a 100 gigabyte uh, download. And then when it's ready to launch, it unpacks and then it becomes its full 125 gigabytes. But this is the, also ran a Q&A, which I found a lot of interesting stuff in. Yeah. And they have to be – they feel more confident than I've seen Bethesda about many things coming into this game. Cause here's, they, here's the thing, okay? Here's why I know Starfield is going to be something special. Ready for this? Phil Spencer went to ZeniMax. He saw Starfield in production two years ago. He went up to Microsoft and said, buy ZeniMax now. Because Sony wants to make this an exclusive on the PlayStation. Buy the entire company just for Starfield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I mean, when like- someone tells you, buy an entire publisher for one game. <laughs> you know, that one game is going to be good. Yeah. And like speaking to that confidence, like I can safely say it because we posted about it today. Our, like Shaq News has the review key for it. Oh, yeah. They have a lot of uh, people. There are a lot of content creators who are actually playing it now, which I'm very jealous yes. of. Yes. So for for Bethesda to put that game so far out and like, I mean, start putting out reviews Review copies? Not even review copies. Like, These are for content creators too. Not only reviewers, for Twitch players. They're letting they're letting people who are not reviewing the game, who are just influencers, do it. And uh, by the way, in a contrast, uh, you can't. The embargo for Madden is on day of release. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like in Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate three isn't wasn't even a bad game, but the codes went out like. Maybe four days before the game launched. Okay, well that's that's a special case because uh, Baldur's Gate also has been in early access for three years, so there's a lot of people who right. played it. Right. And maybe in a slightly unfinished state, but it was still something people were very familiar with. No one has played Starfield except for the lucky bastards who are now playing it. And like just the sheer level of confidence they seem to have about it makes me feel like, especially after the last uh, like full reveal that we got of the game, I feel like. It's it's not the last one. Because remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to have Starfield Direct 2, Electric Boogaloo at Gamescom. <laughs> yeah, you, you feel it'll be a uh, successful launch and it won't it won't be anywhere near as bad as what Fallout 76 happened. Here's the thing. Yeah, I don't I, think it's in danger of being a, a Redfall. Red Here's the thing. Um, people were talking about how Baldur's Gate 3 stole all the hype from Starfield. And I'm thinking, you haven't been around the industry long, have you? Because it I'm going to tell you... the weirdest narrative. That, here's the thing. Hype is whatever is next. And yeah. here's the thing. The minute that the preload started, he was back in the news again. And the Q&A, and if you, all the sites are over it. And then Microsoft is going to do the Starfield Direct 2 at Gamescom a week before it ha- before it launches, and really uh, two days before it actually, you know, no, three days before it, because it's it, the Starfield Direct 2 is going to be on August 27th. Um, the uh, early access is starts on August 31st, uh, 5 p.m. PST, uh, 8 p.m. EST, and uh, 1 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time the next day. So yeah, they know how to massage the hype. <laughs> yeah, and like, 
I, I can't it. wait to see if it sticks the landing because it it does look like it's going to be just a blast. Here's uh, the thing: the moment that they showed me that I can get upgrades and equipment that will allow me to uppercut a man so hard he flies. <laughs> Do a Falcon the Punch. <laughs> I uh, I was I was 100 all in. Yeah, that was one of the questions that people had um, about how is the melee combat going to be in this game. You know, because you saw axes and knives and stuff like that, and I think they have it covered. Here's the thing. Yeah. If it's only 70%, 75% of what I think it could be, then I'll be fully satisfied. And I, I think it's going to be 100%. But like I said, it, it right now, the bar is set so high that I think missing that bar would still be hitting it out of the park. And then people have to go on about 30 frames per second on the console. I don't care. I mean, I, I think both Starfield and Sea of Stars is going to launch real well and have a quality game, not to mention all the other games that came out this year, like Final Fantasy 16, Octopath Traveler 2, and <clears throat> uh, Tears of the Kingdom all had good launches. It's just weird that they focus on Baldur's Gate 3. Like, uh, it just, I don't know, it just seems It's funny weird. because, because um, Starfield created the hype for Baldur's Gate 3, really. Because Baldur's Gate 3 had to move its PC launch a month early because it did not want to be in the way of of Starfield. And they're releasing Baldur's Gate 3 for the PlayStation on the same day because obviously PlayStation players are not going to have a Starfield. So it's like now I'm wondering about what the hype will be when either... Grand Theft Auto 6 is officially unveiled, or when Microsoft finally shows gameplay of Elder Scrolls 6. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, looking forward to that. I'm <laughs> pretty sure you are. So, Scott, are you going to play Starfield? Um, not right away. Uh, okay. It's because I already bought Baldur's Gate 3, and I still want to get Reverie, so I might wait a little while, uh, try to confirm that my computer can play it, because... I'm not sure if it if it uh, meets the specs. I'm sure. Well, it says you need a sol- you need a solid state drive. And, I do um, have that, so I'm fine. So okay, then you're fine because here's the thing about the graphics. <laughs> you can you can fudge it on graphics. You know, you can, it's a 16 gigabytes. Yeah, if you have eight gigabytes, I'm pretty sure it's not going to say you can't do this. Yeah. But, but um, I mean, like when I you played, just set your your graphics uh, options low. That's all. Yeah, but well, I mean, maybe it won't be a problem in this game. But I remember in Skyrim. I wasn't able, because I had a lower spec computer, I wasn't able to see certain puzzle effects, oh. like the the laser beam puzzle where you had to align moonlight beams. I couldn't see the beams at all, so I couldn't do the puzzle. Uh, I couldn't see cobwebs. They were invisible to, visible to me. I couldn't see fire. I couldn't see smoke, so I couldn't do the last, last battle properly. Well, it, here's, here's, a, here's a hint for you with Starfield. Um, put everything on the lowest resolution, maybe like 1024. Um, and then jack up the uh, the uh, textures all the way to the max. Mm-hmm. That ought to do it. That's what I did with Baldur's Gate. I play it on a lower resolution than normal. I play it on 1440 by something like, I don't know, 768, something like that. Because um, I don't care that much about resolution. Just It looks still it still looks pretty. Yeah. Um, yeah. The important thing is being able to like make sure that everything looks readable. Yeah. So many games that came out, people are complaining about how tiny the text is on even on their 4K TVs on some stuff. 
It's like one of the things I go look for these days is uh, if there's a text size option in in somewhere in the game. Yeah. Because yeah, there are definitely instances where I'm just like staring at the screen and the, the teeny little fonts at the bottom. It's like, what are they saying? Yeah, fortunately, I've noticed a lot of these flat screen TVs. It's like really hard to read text lately. I mean, for years it's been like that. So yeah, I mean, Microsoft's been all about accessibility, so I'm pretty sure there's. And even if it's not in the game, I think um, Microsoft's. Well, you don't have Microsoft. You don't have an Xbox, but they actually can force the text larger, even if the game itself doesn't have that option. So, or at least there's that. But I'm pretty sure. Uh, the accessibility on Redfall was really, really good, so I'm pretty sure they're going to import. Uh, they're going to use that for uh, Starfield as well. Anyways, um, but yeah, Starfield. You know, I can't wait. And oh yeah, uh, as usual, there are leaks popping up on Twitter, which is why I'm going to be avoiding it. <laughs> Always happens. Yeah. Yeah, you should avoid Twitter in general. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to move on to the first news item. Take it away, TJ. Got it. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 big. Re- sorry, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3's big reveal brings campaigns and multiplayer details, as well as a gameplay trailer from Eurogamer. Activision and de- Activision and developer Sledgehammer have given Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 the full reveal treatment, sharing first details on its campaign, multiplayer, and zombies mode alongside a brief look at the game in action. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, which launches this November, is a direct sequel to last year's Infinity Ward-developed Modern Warfare 2, pitting Captain Price and Task Force 141 against recurring antagonist Vladimir Makarov, who continues to extend his grasp across the world. Starting with its campaign, Call of Duty's familiar cinematic missions will be joined by what Activision is calling Open Combat Missions which are intended as more open-ended objectives, featuring multiple paths and approaches that emphasize player choice. This will take place across the sizable landscape of a mission's uh, AO and adapt to different playstyles from stealth to run-and-gun action, so players can truly play how they want. Over in Modern Warfare's multiplayer mode, Activision is touting one of the greatest collections of maps ever assembled, That starts with the return of all 16 multiplayer maps from 2009's Modern Warfare 2, which have all been rebuilt from the ground up, featuring refinements and modern visuals for 6v6 play. A mix of brand new multiplayer modes, a competitive 3v3v3 mode known as Cutthroat is mentioned, and returning options, including Hardpoint and Kill Confirmed, will be playable on the core maps at launch, and Activision is also promising three new battle maps. There are early details on Modern Warfare 3's uh, zombie mode, which, for the first time, will enable multiple squads to team up against undead hordes in what, uh, in what is supposed to be the largest Call of Duty zombies map ever. All of the above will be am- available when Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 launches for Xbox One, Xbox Series XS, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and PC via Steam and Battle.net on November 10th. Wait a minute, no Switch version? No Switch version this time. They don't have to do that until, like, 2025 or something. Yeah, um, I always said that, you know, uh, Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard King because of King, because their mobile division makes a bank. But this game's also going to make bank. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This, the the open world thing is kind of interesting, because that's definitely something that we have not seen in a Call of Duty game ever. 
um, I'm more like interested in the fact that they're bringing such oh, so much uh, so much uh, multiplayer content on day one because that's really all I play Call of Duty for. Hmm. I uh, so let's talk about timing here. Um, after, when Microsoft first announced they purchased Activision Blizzard King 18 months ago, and I have to wonder. If Microsoft did what they did with Bethesda Game Studios and Starfield and said, yeah, uh, you know, do us a favor, work on this one more year. Work on this one more year and add more stuff. What, you want to bet that this game was supposed to come out last year? Was scheduled to be last year? I have a sneaking suspicion that Microsoft told Actors in Blizzard King to put it off another year. Yeah, maybe so, because... Like this deal, this deal is going to be, I mean, it's going to change the environment a little bit (laughs) to say the least. And so I have no doubts that there are some things that are just going to hold or some things that are kind of like holding, like sitting at the ready for when that contract is finally signed and they manage to get this thing through. Well, November, by November, this is going to be signed. It's going to be done. So I don't think they have any worries about that. Sure, but like, I, I'm talking about like the the difference between you know it's going to happen and it's done, and now we can stop uh, holding back. I mean, this is just this is a powerhouse punch. This is you know, the, for one thing, they're calling it Modern Warfare Three, and the last Modern Warfare that came out was you know 14 years ago, so you know that they're trying to make a statement with this game. And like I said, 18 months ago, Microsoft bought Activision, and they probably knew they wanted to have something that was going to punch players in the balls. You know, they were just going to say, "It's a new, it's a new day. It's a new day. You tired of yearly releases? Well, guess what? We're gonna, we're gonna show you something here." And what's interesting is that the uh, free-to-play Call of Duty. Allowed them to do that, actually. Because, you know, they just give content updates for that and just bided time for, for Modern Warfare 3. Yeah, no doubt. Either way, like, Modern Warfare 3 looks more interesting than a Call of Duty has looked since probably, I would say, bef- the whatever came out before uh, Modern Warfare, the, the, mo- the first Modern Warfare remake. Are you talking about one of the Black Ops games or Ghosts or? I think it, I think it would have been the uh, World War One. Oh, which, yeah, uh, that one. Yeah. Well, wasn't that Battlefield? No, that was there was a Call of Duty World War One. Oh, okay. No, World War Two. Right. Right. I liked that one just because I like the weapons of uh, of the World War Two era better, and I think they're funner for Call of Duty. I think they but, just called uh, it Call of Duty and didn't give it any other name. I'm not sure. But, there was um, definitely one where they called it Call of Duty World War II. Right. That's probably it. Yeah, yeah it was, like, no, it's Call of Duty WWII. That's the name of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say right now, though, you know what? This also screams to me. Screams to me that um, they really want to make this an eSports game. This, I mean, is, yeah. this is aimed towards eSports. I mean, 3v3v3? Come on. 
Yeah, I also feel like there's something to that with the fact that they're just bringing all of the weapon progression that uh, that every account has over to from Modern Warfare 2 to Modern Warfare 3, so you don't have to unlock all the attachments and paint jobs again. I think that they, uh, I think they're done trying to like make a multiplayer where you have to do everything from scratch again, and just like. Nah, we're just going to port your progress over as if you're still playing the same game and just give you new content. Well, let's compare it. Also, remember um, – oh, by the way, one thing we didn't mention about uh, them closing the Xbox 360 store, all of the multiplayer will remain. They're not taking away the multiplayer because, multi, because the Xbox Live that's on those games is also the Xbox Live that's on Xbox One and Xbox Series S and X. And the reason why I mentioned that is they activated all of the multiplayer – for the old Xbox 360 Call of Duty games. Yeah. And, uh, like, that's as long as, as long as the publisher itself is willing to keep the servers open, they're not killing it. Well, no, is, Microsoft is a publisher and they want to get you oh, some no, use no, out no. of their, I'm, I'm just saying they want to get some use out of their servers. <laughs> sure. uh, but here's the other thing is that the reason why I mentioned it is that, Microsoft might have been the ones to tell Activision, yeah, just let let the progress carry over, because we do that with Halo Waypoint. Ooh, and imagine if they ever do a Call of Duty Halo crossover multiplayer game. Mm. That would be <laughs> extraordinary, to say the least. So then you have spikers and, and, uh, and pulse rifles. <laughs> hey, you know, hey, look, they, they could easily do it. Microsoft could easily have a... Uh, a Halo-themed, uh, uh, what's it called, DLC. And that's the other thing I get the impression from this, is that they're giving you so much content that the DLC that they're going to release for this game is go- is not going to be um, superfluous, you know? I think it may be, you know, five maps for 15 bucks, but it's still not going to be something incredibly cheap like what we discussed last week. Yeah. I don't know. There's, I, I, like, I, uh, to put put a bow on this, there's a lot of optimism coming from the Call of Duty uh, fan base. Yeah, I mean, for once, it, I don't, I don't want to say that they don't put their effort into it, but there are some Call of Duties that feel like cut, pay, cut and paste year to year, mm-hmm. or they're just not as good as uh, the other ones. Like. I don't know. I, I think that a two-year development cycle on a game of this magnitude is also kind of like it's got to be stressful for them. It's actually going to be a three-year development cycle because I'm willing to bet you they started this like two two and a half years ago, and they were going to release it last year. And Microsoft said, no, 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 take another year. That's right. They did take a year off. Oh, and there's also a practical reason for that because uh, Microsoft telling them take another year is also oh by the way coincidentally when. They were planning to to seal the uh, the merger, so there's another reason for that, which is uh, not as user not not really aimed at the players, but aimed at themselves. But still, you know, and also let's not forget this is going to be cross cross platform play almost undoubtedly. So you have Xbox One and Series XS and PlayStation Four and Five players duking it out. I'm a little bit nervous about letting PC gamers play with the console gamers because they have they usually have the mouse and keyboard. But um, that's the one thing I'm wondering, if you'll be allowed to determine which gamers you can allow to play with. Either you can have click them both on console and PC, or if you're in console, you say, no, I just want console players. Isn't there a game that could detect whether you're using keyboard, keyboard and mouse or, or, or a gamepad? 
that, but I do know that nowadays you can see when somebody is a console. They have an icon next to their name if they're oh. on a console or if they're on PC, which I kind of appreciate. Yeah. Uh, although I will say this, you know, there's a lot of PC gamers who still who still just use a gamepad because they they prefer it. Yeah, that's a nice flexibility to have with uh, PC. Anyways, uh, we're going to skip uh, the EA. We already discussed it. Scott, take the next item with Night Dive. All right. Night Dive Studios lead reaffirms that they love to tackle an unreal master. Uh, this is from Shack News. QuakeCon 2023 saw the release of a remastered Quake 2 land on PC and consoles, much to the excitement of fans. Cliff Blazinski uh, posted on Twitter, musing about the chance of an Unreal remaster. Blazinski has suggested the possibility of an Unreal remaster several times over the year. Night Dive Stephen Kick claimed that after the first Quake remaster developed by Night Dive, Blazinski went to Tim Sweeney uh, to see if he was interested in Night Dive giving Unreal the same treatment, while Blazinski said he said what could say no more on the matter. Because of legal reasons, clearly Pozinski is still interested in an Unreal remaster. With the Night Dive Studios now having recently put on Quake 2 remaster with id software and machine games, Rise of Triad Ludicrous Edition with Apogee software and New Blood Interactive and Impeccable System Shock remake, it could be said that the studio is continuing to build its reputation as remasters of high-quality reworks of classic FPS games. Forget, forget Unreal. I want an Unreal Tournament remaster. I think any, I think a lot of people would be happy to just get any acknowledgement of the franchise from Epic Games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, speaking of Quake 2, it is getting tons and tons and tons of praise. People just love it. Because not only does it come with both expansions, it comes with an all-new expansion, released for 2023, and it comes with Quake 64. Yeah. Uh, Quake 2 64, that is. And I think it's awesome that Machine Games made uh, made some new content for this. Like, we haven't heard much about what Machine Games has been up to for a while. And, uh, like, that expand. I've played the hell out of Quake 2. I don't have, I didn't think I had too much reason to go back to it. I want to see what Machine Games did with uh, Quake 2, because that is super interesting to me. Well, we know that they're working on the upcoming Indiana Jones game. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's gonna be interesting Actually, it's like it's really cool to see that like not only did they bring the games back they polished them up they made them more modern and they did what night dive usually does but they also got to make brand new content for the game yeah they're also work they're also going to work on wolfenstein 3 whenever that is yeah but um yeah it's, it's been on a hot streak lately with these uh with these remakes yeah I ha- or and masters, I guess. Yeah, I guess actually both. They're <laughs> <laughs> kind of all over the place. Yeah, I tried to like System Shock remake. Um, the uh, the gameplay is a little clunky to me, but mostly because I played System Shock two so much that you know it just seems clunky. After remember, it's based on a 1994 game, so like it still kept that sense of horror for me. Where like I really. <laughs> With how much you just have to pay attention to everything instead of just being able to make waypoints and markers, going into new places in System Shock Remake is really terrifying. Well, it is a role-playing game first and foremost. Just you know, it just happens to be a first-person shooter. Yeah, 
But uh, you haven't played – once you finish System Shock, play System Shock 2. I don't care if it's it still has 1999 graphics. It's still awesome. Well, Night Dive did a remaster of that one, didn't they? No. They did? No, they're planning on it. They they're working on one, it. but they're not the, – that's their next That's their next uh, thing. But no, they haven't, they haven't made a uh, – I know that someone made a mod for System Shock 2 so that, you know, you have better resolution and stuff like that for modern PCs. But no, it hasn't been remastered yet. And uh, somewhere out there, System Shock 3 is still being worked on. No one knows anything about it. Can I wait until Night Dive finishes remastering System Shock 2 before I play it? No, play System Shock 2 now because I'm going to tell you something. Even, even uh, Even with the data graphics, it is still scary as hell. Yeah, I believe it, based on what I played in System Shock 1. Oh, those monkeys. Those <laughs> monkeys, when they scream at you. The, oh, my God. What? Well, I mean, there is like something like a, a, a tiger monkey thing in the first game. No, in this game, in System Shock 2, they are rhesus monkeys with their brains exposed because they were undergoing vivisection. And now they're hyper-intelligent, and they're really pissed. Oh, gross. <laughs> and you can hear them when they don't see. You can hear them going, making noises like, "Oh shit, oh shit, they're they're around." And then when they know you're there, they start screeching. Eww. And they have Xerxes. I love Xerxes. <laughs> he's hilarious because he's under the control I'm, of the many. <sighs> there's still some kind of mutant in the first one, and I remember the first time I ran into it in the remake. Like a, like a mutant animal, I mean. Uh-huh. And uh, the first time I ran into it, because like I was, I I got used to seeing all the human mutants and cyborgs and and half machine, half mans. But like then they go under the pipes and go down into like a maintenance shaft, and there's just a freaking like gorilla tiger down there. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is that thing? <laughs> there is. Like, a- Do I want to fight it? Probably not. You have to fight rumblers in, in System Shock 2. Um, I will say this. There's a there's an audio log in System Shock 2, which has the best quote ever. And they say, Shodan, Shodan should not be allowed to play God. She is far too good at it. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to the last item. Uh, creator of AI-powered Grand Theft Auto 5 story mode mod, unlikely to fight back against Take-Two after shutdown. And this comes to us from IGN. The creator of an eye-catching Grand Theft Auto V mod that promised a living AI-powered story mode has been admit, has admitted defeat after Take-Two hauled the mod offline. Only this week, IGN reported on the Sentient Streets mod, which lets players interact with over 30 AI-powered NPCs, each with a unique voice from the AI text-to-speech and cloning website Eleven Labs. The mod is designed for players to have open-ended voiced conversations with cult members, police officers, and civilians. But its creator, Block, announced Take-Two has issued a copyright claim on their YouTube video showing off the mod and has had the mod removed from Nexus Mods. Even Block's account on Net- Netlify, I've never heard of that, which was used to host the installation guide for the mod, was suspended. Block manually removed the mod from GTA5Mods.com to avoid legal issues. In a statement, a clearly exasper- exacerbated Block... That's not how you use that... that, that that's not, it's not what you mean. It's not... No... Uh, said they had neither the resources or wherewithal to fight back against Take-Two. Block accused Take-Two of removing the video from YouTube without prior communication or explanation. Before the takedown had over 10,000 views, one of them was me. I, I did see the video. Uh, before the mod itself was pulled from Nexus Mods, it had thousands of downloads, Block said. 
The mod does not utilize any voices from Grand Theft Auto, nor does it distribute anything it shouldn't. I haven't included it in my Patreon link in any mod descriptions or videos to avoid any potential controversy. You liar, you. Because that's not how it works. We know how it works. Yeah, you didn't post a Patreon link, but you did post in the Patreon. You posted it everywhere else in your Patreon link. So, yeah, you're getting more Patreon. So it's not like, oh, I'm not making. Yes, you are. Stop it. <laughs> I am not a lawyer, but as far as I'm. I'm aware the mod is not violating any Grand Theft Auto or YouTube policy. Uh, Block's project has raised a number of ethical issues around the use of AI for mods. Block used the standard voice library uh, available on Eleven Labs, which is recently used to uh, generate controversial AI voices used in the Not Safe for Work Skyrim mods. Um, more on that. The recent rise of AI has been a concern for both writers and actors, causing one voice actor to tell a uh, IGN, AI is, quote-unquote, the invisible enemy we're fighting right now. And I, as a sag after actor, totally agree because this is dangerous, folks. Um, yeah. So I watched the uh, so I watched the video, um, and they could have had a better AI because it was all, "Hi, my name is Name, but you can call me Nickname, and this is what I do." And they do have AI conversations, but I've I've used ChatGPT. It's nowhere near as good. I don't know what AI he's using, but it's not great. It. It's not going to pass any Turing test. But, yeah, this stuff is dangerous. Yeah, like, you just can't, like, AI policy is not up to where AI is right now. Like, AI, we don't have enough safeguards in place for this kind of stuff. And (laughs) it sucks. Because, quite frankly, the fact that technology has moved so much faster than safety measures for it is... It's, it's a problem for actors. It's a po- problem for actresses. It's a problem for creators of almost all kinds. Um, let's talk about the Skyrim mod, okay? Yeah. Now, these these voice, the voice generation, it, it does not come from a computer. It actually ha- comes from people who do a lot of phonetic sounds, uh, a, e, uh, uh, b, and all that stuff. So you're basically recru- recreating their voices. Do you think these actors would love to know that you're using them for porno without their consent, without their permission? And even if they signed away that, that permission, I think it would be pretty creepy for my voice to be coming out of a virtual porn actor. Or even just for them to slap it in advertisement or promotional material that you don't agree with and never signed off on. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. But they do. Here's the thing. You know, uh, that's why we're striking right now is that these Disney and company wanted to scan background so that they only pay them once and then they can use their image forever and ever and ever. And they can use them in any project they want without the background actor's permission, which is creepy. It is creepy. I will say like I wish that like I wish that. I wish that governments at large understood the actual threat that all of this poses to like any sort of create, cre- I guess, creative liberties. There is going to be one bad deep fake at some point, which is going to make people realize how dangerous this really is. We've yeah. seen some really bad deep fakes and they don't yeah. seem to care. Really bad defects of fakes. Wait it, until it, there's it, one that's, that's not as easily spotted. It's going to have to be something that, make someone do something really stupid and then they have to make a court case about it. I'm thinking about the running man. Do you remember the running man? And they made a defake to show him getting Arnold Schwarzenegger getting killed. 
You remember that? You've yeah. seen The Running Man, right? Yeah. They use they use the deep fake uh, to make a fake Arnold Schwarzenegger doing stuff. I know they did a fake. I've seen a lot of deep fake stuff. Like yeah, some of them are consensual. Like you had the Russian ad with Bruce Willis being deep faked, but obviously they he pay, he he you know gave him money. He was paid for that. But someone's gonna release a uh, a, a pseudo porn tape with Barack Obama apparently fucking Hillary Clinton, and that's gonna be all over. <laughs> I mean, I, I think you're right. I think both of you're right. The fact that like it's gonna take something drastic that makes or that requires a legal precedent afterwards. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it's not going to be a too late situation. Right. I don't know. It's, but here's the good thing. Um, recently uh, insurance companies have been telling the movie studios that um, you better settle the strike now because uh, your investors are losing co- uh, confidence in you and it's going to cost you a couple billion dollars. And that, more than anything else, will make them see uh, see Jesus if, if they're losing money hand over fist, which is unfortunate with Madden because they're never going to lose uh, money over fist because no one's ever going to not buy a Madden game. The only thing that's going to stop it is if the NFL says they're damaging the brand, which is going to take a lot of doing. Yeah. They are damaging the brand. I would say that. I mean, MLB told Sony, listen, we're not making money off MLB The Show. You better make it multi-platform or we're just going to give the license to Electronic Arts. But I wonder if some penny pusher in the NFL department tells the NFL, hey, listen, you know, if we had more people licensing the NFL license, we will make more money. I hope someone tells them that, that having it in just one company is not going to make them money. That's the only way the NFL is going to say, hey, listen, 2K, you want to make an NFL game? Yeah. Because here's the thing. Kind of, uh, I kind of hope that day comes to a certain point because yeah. I'm sick of Madden and I'm sick of it being garbage. Madden was not garbage when they had competition. I just think, you know, 2K, they went too far. Remember when they started just charging $20 for their NFL game? Hey, it was great, but that motivated EA into buying the entire license just so that just so that 2K couldn't have it. They should have just sold it for 50 bucks like like Madden and just, you know, let there be a friendly competition, but they they made it they undercut them with price and that was a no-go for EA. I hate to back price collusion, but you should have stuck with the collusion. <laughs> yeah. If Sony wants to make seven, uh, make something seventy bucks, be shocked. Don't do it for a year, then do it, because the precedent is already there. That's why Skyrim costs seventy bucks mm-hmm. on Steam. <laughs> That's what people are angry about on Steam. If you have to pay seventy bucks, well, shut up. You paid a thousand bucks for your computer at the very, very least. <laughs> the more expensive the device, the cheaper stuff gets. That's why most cell phone games are like a dollar to five dollars if they're not already free. Yeah, I mean a buck will get you. I, no, it's probably more than a buck, but like Apple Arcade is actually coming to its own as having some pretty decent stuff nowadays. Mm. Where uh, you spend a, a couple bucks on Apple Arcade and you get like a whole bunch of actually good games on your phone. Uh, you know the problem with that, don't you? <laughs> What's wrong? Uh, Apple Arcade is, is slowly on the way out, and all the games that are exclusive to Apple Arcade are coming to are coming to PC and regular cell phone and stuff like that. So it's like. They priced it. Yeah. It, I actually didn't know that uh, Apple Arcade was uh, failing. 
It's failing, uh, unfortunately. That's a bummer because a lot there is a lot of good games on there. Yeah, there's a new uh, Samba Domingo coming to Apple Arcade. <laughs> also, the the original Final Fantasy creator made an entire two part RPG series for the for Apple yeah. Arcade. You talking about Fantasian? Yeah. Yeah, Fantasian is coming to PC. Can't wait for I that. Because know, guess what? Like, They're not making bank on it on, on Apple Arcade. That's the problem is that Apple Arcade is losing a lot of exclusives. Losing a lot of exclusives. Apple is not really where people go to do their gaming. It's just... Well, I mean... Yeah, I guess. Really. I mean, but I when I had an iPod Touch, not an iPhone, but an iPod Touch, I still played a lot of Apple, you know, iOS games on it. As a matter of fact, iOS for a long time was the only place where I could play Puerto Rico or uh, Pandemic, you know, all these board game licenses or Small World. <sighs> Anyways, um, at least in Apple Arcade, you'll have new... Um, Hello Kitty Animal Crossing game. <laughs> I enjoyed that game. It was uh, it was very <laughs> relaxing. I still downloaded Disney's uh, Animal Crossing, but I haven't played it yet. Like, yeah, I, 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 it it takes. I can see why people love those games so much, like Animal Crossing New Horizon. I kind of wish I'd been on from the start, but I can also see how much time it takes to like invest in a game like that and uh as much as i would have enjoyed being on from day one i think i would have also fallen off of new horizons give it enough here's the thing thank god thank god people don't have enough time because the scourge of live service games is finally coming to an end and (laughs) and and people only have so much time and by the way an mmo is a live service game even though you call it an mmo and I'm not going to play more than one live service game because there's just so much time and money I can spend on 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 a game. You know, if I have to spend two, forget it. I agree with that. Yep. Anyways, look for our show notes at gamingpodcast.net along with industry news and our gaming history articles. We enjoy your feedback. See those comments at our blog at gamingpodcast.net. Also, hit us up at facebook.com slash gamingpodcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us iTunes comments. You can find me on Twitter at oh, – find me at Twitter slash X at Jonah Falcon. You find me at Johnny Chugs. You can find me at Shard No More. And, uh, yeah, Shard No More isn't that active, but at least me and Johnny Chugs are active. Because <laughs> I know Scott does not like Twitter slash X or whatever they're going to call it. Yeah. That's fair. Twitter is a terrible place, and I wouldn't recommend it if I didn't have to work on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting uh, post you made recently, though. By the way, oh, uh, I do, I do look at one. TJ's tweets. They're funny. I posted a new tweet, and um, because uh, in my Facebook history, I had two posts on August 17th today when we're recording 2010, in which I was just going on and on about all the news items I had to post on. I think it was at the time, uh, Game Watch, a Strategy Informer. I didn't and, see that. And I figured out what was going on. That was E3 in 2010, um, wow. because it was actually late. It wasn't in. It wasn't in June. It was in August, and. Uh, Two of the things I, I found out immediately was, oh, yeah, that's when Kinect was introduced and the Xbox uh, 360 uh, Slim. That's wild. It's probably yeah, some other stuff. Capsule for yourself. It's probably some other stuff that, that was also released at the same time, but those are the two things I found out right away. And I just have and to see what I just have to see what the E3 2010 was. Thirteen years ago, you crafted for yourself a mystery that could only be... <laughs> sought and solved this week. Yeah. 
that's why I haven't left <laughs> Facebook or Meta or whatever you want to call it. Because there's so much content that I did since um, when did I first join Facebook? Was it 2009 or 2007? I think it was 2008, maybe something like that. So I've been on that a long time. By the way, when I went on to Reddit, um, I got a notification: "Hey, you've been on with us for 19 years." <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I joined Reddit and then I did almost nothing for for decades, and now I'm back, and it's like, welcome back. Okay. I will say with pride that um, I have 19 years on Steam, and it has to be the earliest you could possibly be because I bought Half-Life 2 via Steam, um, and I bought the entire uh, the entire uh, collection edition. I think I still have the postcards that came with it with me, but yeah, I was I was with Steam from the very 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 beginning. So the Xbox Live like six months after it debuted, so I'm not quite a day one person, but I know I'm a day one person with Half-Life 2, uh, with, with Valve. They should give me a present. Anybody who joined Valve day one should get a present. <laughs> it's going to be 20 years soon, actually, because uh, Valve, it started in 2004, if I remember correctly. Well. Yeah. Anyways, um, we will see you next week, and oh, wait, uh, next week um, is going to be Gamescom? It starts on the 23rd. Yeah, so... It, not quite. Uh, it's going to be the week just after our broadcast. So um, two weeks from now, we're going to have a lot to talk about from Gamescom. Is there anything that you know that's going to be at Gamescom that you really are looking forward to seeing besides Starfield? Um, no, not this time. I don't think. Well, you're going to be there, right? Me? No, I'm not going to be oh. at Gamescom. I have uh, I have a few other things going on, but uh, I can't talk about them yet. Isn't Mortal Kombat One not released yet? They're, they're going to show it off at Gamescom. Mortal Kombat is going to be releasing in late September, and uh, they're going to have the next trailer during Gamescom opening. Yeah, that's what life. I figured. What do you think of, of Mortal Kombat 1, anyway? I was like halvesies on it until I saw Reptile. <laughs> now I'm like, that's my main day one, now I'm all in. I'm getting Wait, the lamest character from the early Mortal Kombat's, the one that was just a toss-in? Yes. <laughs> He is that cool in this one. I oh. never really thought Reptile was all that like interesting for how hard you had to w- work to get to him. But uh, he is capable of fighting in human form and then transforming into his lizard form for some of his special moves this time. Oh, okay. He looks dope as hell when he like transfers back and forth between human and lizard in real time. Yeah. It's, it looks like he's going to be... He actually has a command throw where he'll dive at their legs and do an alligator roll. <laughs> and I just think that's hilarious. You know, what's funny is that um, the only reason for to get a NetherRealm game really is to see what the DLC is going to be. Yeah. And uh, they came out strong with that with that set. I mean, I won't say that I care much for Homelander, but I think Omni-Man is a really <laughs> cool choice. Yeah. They're going to have some surprising character, though. You know, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of the characters is going to be John Wick or something. That would be quite dope. And you can have Keanu Reeves coming out on stage and, and just not totally being there. Just say, hey, everybody, it's John Wick time, and I love you, too. <laughs> yeah, but, like, that Mortal Kombat game is coming fast, and, like, they are kind of going rapid fire with their trailers, because we just had one last week, too. Yeah. And uh, so, like, 
expect the reveals to be fast and constant all the way up to I think it's September 21st when it comes out. <clears throat> I'm not sure. Probably. I will say this though. You know, it'd be the okay. Here's my shocker of Gamescom. You ready for this? They show off a new gameplay for Vampire the Masquerade's Bloodlines 2. That would honestly be super mind blowing, and it could be like at some point, like who it's was plausible. It's plausible. They have to want to recoup the money that they've invested into it somehow. Yeah, Paradox Interactive, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder that they tossed out the entire development team. I wonder how bad they fucked up. How bad could you fuck up to have for that to happen? Are they just sitting and blowing bubbles with their with their spit or something? I don't even. I can't even imagine because like has that has that ever happened to another like large-scale game yeah but not like this and here's the thing it not only was a high-profile game but it was also something that was heavily promoted by microsoft for game pass yeah so microsoft is probably behind them saying listen you're gonna make this game no matter what (laughs) i don't care if you have to restart it like duke nukem forever just 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 get a game out just don't make it suck like redfall we've had enough bad vampire games Okay, I'm going to say this, though. Um, I played Redfall on PC, and I found it fun. So it's not that bad. Just It has I, to have also been fixed up a little bit since it launched. No, here's so it's the thing. more stable. The, the console version was really bad. I mean, was, the controls were floaty. There was bad frame rate. And it doesn't matter how good the PC version is. Hello, Cyberpunk 2077. It's the console one that gives you the, that has the most eyes. And if you fuck up the console version, people will be a lot less forgiving. By the way, there's now a growing, um, what's it called? Uh, not a, not a uh, uh, petition, but there's a lot of calls for for uh, Microsoft to say screw it with the Xbox Series S and just release two versions of Baldur's Gate 3. They don't need the split screen multiplayer on the Xbox Series S. Trust me, no one cares. Does anybody need to play same machine multiplayer split screen? On Baldur's Gate 3? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I think so. Anyways, we will see you next week. Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun, be cool, play games, y'all.